The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back to Lucky Number 13, Lucky 13 episode of Stories from the Sidelines. Uh, I am the coach, Coach Larry, with me as always, uh, my co-host here, Matt Keogh. Matt, how we doing? Big fantasy weekend. Um, You're welcome. We'll get into that a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for drafting the team. Uh, Matt's my GM at uh, fantasy football there. I'm the Brandon Bean to the, your team. I was going to say the Brandon Bean. I'll take I'll be McDermott. I'll be I'll be the McDermott to your Bean. That's cool. Um so we're kicking butt in fantasy. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um with us though as our guest today, um he is Mr. Podcast, the 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 guy behind all of the podcasts here at the Podcast Precinct. Um he does the two-point conversion and a few other podcasts that we'll talk about. Um, Mr. Matt Johnson. Hello. Matthew, how are we doing today? Do you, go, do you like buddy, Matthew, you? Matt? It depends. Usually when I hear Matthew, I'm in trouble by either my <laughs> wife, uh, my mom, my grandma, occasionally. Um, my dad only called me Matthew like once, but he's really pissed when that happens too. So Matt's cool. Matt's cool. Totally cool. I appreciate you asking that. That's a, that's a, it's an important discussion, honestly. <laughs> no, yes. listen, I'm the same way. When I hear when I hear Larry, I know everything's fine. Whether my wife, my mom, when I hear Lawrence, I kind of ooh, ooh what yeah. I do, what I, and that's where everything goes back in my brain. Going, oh man, what do I have to apologize for? What did I just do in the last 24 hours? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then when they start bringing out the middle names, then you know it's a wrap. Oh, so. the middle names, then you run for cover. Then you, at least for the wife, then I know I've got to go to the florist. I've got to go get some flowers. I just drive here. <laughs> <laughs> so now we know how you got in the pod or why you got in the podcast. Oh, uh, it certainly helped. <laughs> it certainly helped. That's for sure. That's for sure. Beautiful. Uh, well, before we before we get into uh, Matt, I'm going to come in hot on a few uh, few subjects, boys. We're going to try a new uh, new thing here. Matt's looking at me. He's like, Larry's going off script again. But I'm coming in hot. Um, the first thing I'm coming in hot with is uh, bad officiating. And I'm not just talking about the Bills games, which was horrible. Um, I mean, come on. It was just bad across the board. I'm talking even about bad officiating in high school sports. Um, I'm, I'm going to go off the rails here a little bit. Our game, um, actually a bunch of our games this year, we've just had poor poor officiating for soccer games it's getting to the point where it's been so bad that i feel it's just detrimental to a lot of athletes where we coach them up we coach them the right way we coach them and i'm sure you get this in wrestling too Mm -hmm. um, and in any sport where you coach them to do the right things to play the right way to play aggressive to play smart and then you get referees that are just making obscene calls that i don't know where they would come from or if you're going in for a perfectly legal shoulder-to-shoulder play, and next thing you know, the girls getting or the players getting flagged or getting uh, the whistle blown. It's a it's a free kick. Or we've gotten girls come over. Well, coach, I went in. I went in for a fifty-fifty ball. I hit all ball. Why did I get 
penalized? Why was it against me? The girl just fell down, but I didn't kick her. I kicked the ball. Right. Um, it's just getting horrible. And I know for soccer, we get to we get to evaluate um, our officials after every single game, whether it's a thumbs up, thumbs down system type deal. Um, I know over the years, I don't like to bash the referees, but I have given some poor evaluations. But it's to the point where we've gotten we're so shorthanded with officials. And I don't know if it's oh, like us in wrestling. Nobody too. wants to officiate. Nobody Have wants you to seen officiate. Parents these days. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. Don't get me. I can go a whole podcast on coming in hot on parents. Oh my god! <laughs> but it's just to a point where it's it's becoming detrimental to the game. Now, I don't, do you get that a lot at in wrestling? Oh, in wrestling absolutely, a- absolutely. I mean, it, bad officiating is across the board. And I think every sport. Um, you know, it's one of those hard things to criticize. It's so difficult to criticize too. You know, because these guys, a lot of these guys are part-timers. They're just kind of doing it out of the, maybe mostly out of the love for it. Guys and girls, excuse me, are doing it for the love of it. But I have seen a lot of bad uh, come from refereeing and and wrestling. A couple, you know, little stories that I've I've seen, you know, just just not calling points. I, you know, there was one time it was semifinals, section, sectional championships, winner goes to sectional final match. And a kid from Kenmore East was about to upset. Hey, hey, hey! Now be careful. I coach at Ken East. No, I'm, I'm, I'm giving this kid props. <laughs> I'm giving this kid props. He was not the. He was not the favorite. To, he was not like he's like a, he was a the four, underdog. He was the underdog. Okay. Four or three seed. He put again. I can't remember the way the bracket shipped out, but he put the one or two seed on the on the kid's back. And and we'll get into scoring, I guess, a little bit later. But um, he was either he was supposed to be awarded near fall points, in which would have put, sent him to the finals. And somebody over it, it, the kid lost, unfortunately, uh, but um, but somebody overheard him saying this referee saying, well, yeah, the money match is, is the Wheatfield kid versus Cheek DeWaga or Are something like serious? that. Yeah, that's how like bad it is. And I, I've heard other ones, too. Um, my dad overheard it. It, it might have been to me this this one ref was complaining that somebody didn't you know send him to the state tournament. Again, so he can go and compete. So he said he, he openly said he screwed over one of the Niagara Falls kids because my head coach, Izzy Martinez, is the uh, second six chairman and he makes a lot of those calls. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard th- th- Trust me, there's a lot more that goes into it. That, but you, you hear those things. It's like, this isn't fair. No, you're, it- you're taking away a kid's experience like for that Ken Maurice kid. And, you know, Ken Maurice doesn't have a wrestling program anymore. No, right? it's, 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 a, it's a I mean, it's technically a merged one with West, but. You know, in, in, in you know, and not taking shots at Ken Maurice, but the wrestling program has never was never prolific, and for this kid to have a crack at going to states, you know, in a big time finals match, it would have been huge, life changing, and it honestly could have shaped you know the rest of the direction of the Ken Maurice program. When you have successful athletes, it usually draws attention to the, those certain Absolutely. programs, and because this kid wasn't the money match or he wasn't a higher seed, uh, so to speak, they they kind of burned him. And, you know, it just – we're all athletes here. No matter what the sport we played, whether you're favorite or underdog, you go into the game, you win, you lose. Um, if you go out there and you give 100%, you know, you might get uh, – for whatever reason, you win, you lose, you accept that, you do your best. But when you blatantly get get screwed by officiating, it's just – for. <laughs> For me, those are even the losses that you just – they take so much longer to get over. And you're just looking – like, I'm sure that kid 
It's just, what did I do? I did everything that I could, and I should have beaten my opponent. Right. I didn't realize I had to also beat the official. The rough, rough, right. It, it definitely mars the, the, the sporting experience for kids. And like I said, it happens at all levels, youth level, high school, collegiate, professional. And, you know, the only thing you could do is kind of just go out there and play. But, like, high school kids, they're not getting paid. You know, the, no. their, their satisfaction, their, their reward for competing in sports is, I mean, their health, um, you know, a, a letter on their letterman jacket, and any, like, trophies or stuff that they get, you know, any accomplishments that they get. That's their award. And, you know, people – wrestling's numbers have dipped considerably over the last couple years. And, you know, stuff like that with the referees, you know, picking favorites and, and stuff like that. And just bad calls. Just people not prepared. And I'm not saying that all refs are like this. I want to be no, very clear. No, there are a lot not. of fantastic refs out there. Absolutely. But there are a lot that just kind of show up and collect a paycheck and eat free pizza and, and, and bounce. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's terrible for kids. It'll yeah. mess their lives up. It, it really will. It'll give them this jaded outlook on the sport. And that's how sports die. Absolutely, and especially at the youth sports, at the modified level, the JV level, even into the varsity level, I, I feel like that's where you want your better officials because you want that those athletes to have good experiences in that sport so that they want to keep climbing the level, that they want to go to the college level, to the pro level. Um, it You get a bunch of bad officials. You get a bunch of, especially in an individual sport like wrestling, where, hey, I got screwed at this tournament, I got screwed at this tournament, right. I got screwed at this tournament. After a while, you're just going to look, well, I, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, the last three years, I've only gotten to here because, you know, it, you don't want to say the refs have a bias, but some refs have a bias. Oh, they definitely do. There's school allegiances and stuff. And, I mean, like I said, I, I don't want to completely blame the refs. No, I, no. I also, like, I, I have a, I, when I look at stuff, I, t- I tend to look at stuff from both perspectives, you know. Um, you know, on one side, yes, the, the refs screw you with a call, two calls. Uh, but also on the flip side, you know, to the to the athlete, I'm always like, well, there's a lot of other time left too, where you could be yes. dominant, where you can take things into consideration. But like I said, I'm not I'm not discrediting that the fact that refing can can I mean affect the outcomes of games and, and results and 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 definitely like I mean put asterisks in in certain things yes. like a sectional final match, like you know like a tournament, like a, just a big dual meet. Uh, uh, a, a game, whatever it may be, it can definitely put an asterisk uh, to a lot of things. Oh, for sure. And we always tell our girls, you know, we don't want to, as a coach, you might have it in your mind, hey, this guy's killing us. You're never going to let your team know that. You're never going to give them an excuse. For me, though, too, uh, in a team sport like soccer, you know no matter how good or how bad the official is, they're never going to hit every single call. Correct. They're going to make bad calls. For me, it's always I can deal with bad calls. I can deal with bad officiating as long as it's both ways. You make a bad call here, you miss a bad call here, you miss make a good whatever. As long as it's relatively there's a balance, evil. right? Yes, as long as it's the officiating that absolutely drives me nuts is when everything is being called against us mm-hmm. and they're doing the exact same thing. Like, we had one of our girls, Chloe, who literally, the girl coming into her, literally got her arm up, almost elbowed her to the head. Chloe went down. Our girl went down, and the girl was able to walk around, go in, and score. And it's the opening goal of the game about 25, almost 30 minutes into the first half in a 0-0 game. And 
I lost my temper. Understandable. And went ballistic. And the response I got from the referee, she didn't get her arm up that high. Are you kidding That's me? That's almost worse than not kit than not throwing, not giving the penalty, not giving a card. That's almost way worse. The the explanation when they try to justify a terrible call. I I I went livid and at the same time I had to back off because I knew I didn't want to be that coach that goes livid on the sideline, but at the same time, sometimes you you have to because you your players know that you're getting livid to, to protect them yes and it's i mean oh yeah if you let stuff happen you're gonna lose all respect as a coach oh absolutely and it's just one of those things where couldn't go higher she literally clocked her in the head where do you want her to go i mean how much higher does she have to go it's unfortunately my girl was a little smaller but she got her arm up she clocked her down yeah five minutes earlier my girl went in shoulder to shoulder didn't lift her arm up at all their girl didn't even fall down, and we're getting flagged. We're getting a, a whistled. Right. I keep saying flagged. I'm, I've got football on oh, the brain I know, here. I know. <laughs> but uh, it's just, and it was like that all game long. And, again, I, I'm not saying that the only reason we lost that game was because officiating, because they were a better team. But at the same time, don't take away a team's chance to win over blatant poor officiating. And I just find it happens more and more. And not just to our team. There's been times we've been on the receiving end of uh, where we look at each other, but like, wow, we got away with one there. Yeah. And it's just, it's just awful. I mean, I, I, it pisses me off. No, for sure. For sure. It's a great point though. It's a great, I think it's a great conversation piece that, you know, with the the dialogues open between coaches about it, I think it'll make the sport better. Um, but yeah, you got to be vigilant on some of these refs, and and, and just really, you got to you got to keep them in check. You got to ref the refs in a sense. Yes, uh, you know if they make bad stuff. We, they, in wrestling, a couple of years ago, when I was coaching at Niagara Falls, um, he almost the one ref he almost let one of our wrestlers get their arm broken, like it was bad. Oh yeah, and they reported uh, our team reported him, and you know to the officials, and he got suspended because I mean this kid's arm was torqued all the way back. They're like oh, he could have just rolled over. It's like no, why would he just roll it right? Right, just 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 roll over and, and and give up. No, this isn't college. This is high school. Our coach actually went in and broke it up, like he had he separated it and cost it to a point. It was fantastic, but you know this is this is the kind of stuff that occurs, and you have to rough the refs in a sense. Yeah, and what are you teaching both the the athlete who's who put him in that move that could have broken arm? What are you teaching him there? Well, it's all right if you do an illegal move. We're not going to call it. And what are you teaching the kid who's almost got his arm broken? Like you said, are you teaching him, oh, just give up, it's okay, don't give your all, just if if you're feeling some pain or whatever, or you're in a bad situation, just get pinned? Right. You're you're teaching him to quit? Yes. And it's... It, 100%. Yeah. It's it, a terrible life lesson. It was awful. It was an awful, awful night. Luckily, the other coach like was understood. Dan Fire, I don't know if you've ever met him, NT wrestling coach for many years, the, the most sweetheart of a guy. Um, he lives out in Oklahoma now, but he's like, no, you coach, you made the right call like to, to go out there and break it up. Like I totally Beautiful. support it. So that, and that's that, that sort of stuff needs to happen. Coaches supporting other coaches. It's the high school level, man. Exactly. They support each other. Exactly. I agree. And, and props to the coach who broke that up. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and a big win, big bills win over the weekend. We're going to come in hot with, uh, can we just talk about bad announcing? I hate <laughs> 
bad announcing. And I'm going to put Chris Collinsworth on blast here. And the play that set me off, I mean, he was just, I thought was awful all season long. But just the play that set me off, Big Bills, uh, Kansas City's going for it on fourth and five. Pretty significant point in the game. Buffalo stops them on the fourth and five drive. Buffalo's getting the ball back. The first thing that Chris Collinsworth talks about, not that uh, Mahomes had nowhere to throw to, not that the Bills defense shut him down and made a big stop there. The first thing, did you see how good Mahomes looked on that play and Kansas City's offensive line looked? Yep. Are you kidding me? They just got stopped on a fourth down conversion, and you're not going to give any any love to the Bills defense. Yeah. You're not going to give any love to their secondary that gave them shut down Kelsey, shut down Hill on that play, didn't give him an option at all. For 10 and a half seconds, they put the time on there, 10 and a half seconds, and you're going to say, well, great job the offensive line did. They did a great job, but the reason they had to keep him 10 and a half seconds <laughs> is because he had nowhere to go to. It's true. That's a, uh, that's a marketing technique, actually. That's what they do, and it, 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 it hurts. It sucks when you listen to it, but right now, Patrick Mahomes is the face of the National Football League, and they're got to prop him up as often, as best as they can. And it was you're right; it is annoying. Chris Collinsworth is a horrendous announcer. Um, <laughs> Al Michaels, you know this this man's poor back from carrying this team, but uh, but it's true. Everything. I mean, Buffalo went there this weekend and squashed Kansas City. I think a lot of people could have predicted it, right? Kansas City's defense has been horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Buffalo went out there and took it to him, and I don't think they. We're behind at all throughout the game. They were behind at one point. I think at one point Kansas City it was like a ten to seven, yeah, or something 10 to like seven, that. something like that. But, but yeah, that that's all like marketing. That's just because Mahomes is the face in the NFL, and um, he's not having a very good year. And, and unfortunately, I, they prop up these. I don't even know if Kansas City is a big market. It really be considered a big market, but obviously they've been kind of in the main event the, the in pro wrestling terms the main event main picture event. uh so to speak in recent years and buffalo is still that small market team with a fan base that stretches from you know everywhere everywhere spills backers bars everywhere i'm telling you and i get it and you're right it is you know you definitely want to it's just like in wrestling you want to sell hulk hogan you want to sell macho man yeah. you want to sell the big guys i know i i Totally went 80s wrestlers there, but <laughs> I'm and you shoot so me cool. up too. <laughs> I, and I, I keep going macho man there, but um, you know what? At some point, you you just come it's on. obvious. Get, it's it, obvious. It's obvious. And give the team their due. Give the give the defense their due. Um, when you're just dominating a team, it's okay to say, "Hey, Patrick Mahomes got." dominated yeah um not saying he's a bad quarterback because hey he's still one of the best but he got dominated Collinsworth probably just hates buffalo because i think they had a, they had some uh run-ins back in the, when 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 the bengals were were a super bowl contender them and buffalo went back and forth quite a bit but that's honestly that's Collinsworth every game it doesn't matter yeah. it, it, yeah. it doesn't matter at all that's kind of it's it, that's kind of Collinsworth all yep, the time when it was brady he would always be you know, kissing Brady's, you know what? He was always yeah. kissing Manny's. I'm not going to make what? the kind of gestures that I would make on any of my other shows. <laughs> I right mean, now. it's the same thing, though. Like, what the Super Bowl, you know, Brady, and that was the only time that somebody actually started poo pooing on Kansas City because it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady's yeah. still Tom right. Brady. 
So yeah, they they were very uh, they were very reserved in their compliments, but they got to put over one guy, right? They got to yeah. put over one guy. Absolutely. And I understand it's Brady's the go, but listen, it, it, unbiased commentary is going to make it a much more listenable product. There's times where I'll mute it. I'll just like I can't do this. <laughs> it was funny watching that game. There were several times I just click mute. My wife looks at me like, "What are you doing?" Like I I, I, can't I just do can't. It. I need a good five minute breather. Just put the Manning brothers on all the time. They're hilarious. <laughs> it's, and I, how how upset am I that they're not going to be doing the Bills Monday night game? They're they're not doing the the Manning cast is not oh, going yeah, for the right. Bills Titans game, and I'm so upset about that. Not that it's it, it's not great, but I I just enjoy it. Is it. Ex- they're they're fun. They give a nice analytical look, and they're just fun because they don't they they don't really care. They're not pro, no. they're not pro commentators, but they they make the, they make it a very a lot more enjoyable. Absolutely. Like it, who you don't normally gets money nights. Right, because the Manning bro- Brothers thing is through ESPN, right? Yep. Okay, so whoever gets the other, the, the normalized version, should be ashamed of themselves. And just, just stop. Just oh, stop yeah. putting it out there. And a lot of the announcers are just, like I said, and you brought up Al Michaels. I think Al Michaels, or uh, he is the gold standard of announcing. Oh, right now, absolutely. He's always been, like, unbiased and just, just wonderful. Like, I like listening to him. I mean, back in the day, you, you couldn't beat Pat Summerall and John Madden together. But Al, oh, Al Michaels is, is, like, the guy. Him. Tony Romo, he gets a little biased at points. He does, but I, I actually, I like listening to Tony Romo because I actually learn from him. I love that's, when a, he, that's I, an important thing absolutely. for me as a, as a football viewer right now, trying to understand the game more. Is that I'm trying to learn. Um, but Romo has like he has, you know, he's kind of done that Chris Collinsworth thing where, um, you know, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, you know, whoever yep. whoever you're, they're playing against is just inferior. So I think with him, I think he's still. He's still newly removed from the game, so he does it more like he props up guys that he knew, guys right. that he plays against, probably still close friends or whatever. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I noticed that, though, he has uh, – the longer he's been in the in the game, the less he's been doing that. I don't know if it's just somebody told him, hey, listen, stop, you know, don't, be, don't become the next Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoy Romo's broadcast. And like you said, it's always great when he'll – break down the defenses, or he'll call the play. Up, oh, I see a screen pass coming out here. Up, oh, this has cross route written all over it. Yep. You um, learn schemes and stuff. It, it's actually really cool. It's it's pretty neat. Absolutely. Um, didn't like him much as a player, but love him as an announcer. Yeah. Didn't Romo he, got a lot of crap. I, I didn't hate I didn't hate Romo, but a lot of people did. Didn't he date Britney Spears? No, it was no, uh, Simpson. Jessica, Jessica Simpson. Simpson. Jessica That's Simpson. It. Hey. She had the pink Cowboys jersey. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. There was a big scandal that uh, she supposedly they, they thought supposedly she was the reason he was playing poor in the playoffs the one year, and uh, what he was caught. Um, I mean, Jerry Jones having a party with that. her or whatever uh, a couple nights before the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I always thought he was a little. What do you think? Hyped up Jessica, more than he should be. Jessica Simpson, like you're dating a celebrity. Like it's, I get it. You're America's team, but come on. I agree. It's 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 not going to work out. <laughs> he got himself no. a nice girl, a nice woman that nobody knows who the heck she is, and nobody cares. And anymore. he does Corona <laughs> commercials as well. And he right. does Corona commercials. He's he's yeah, Corona beer, not coronavirus. But um, <laughs> you could do that too. Yeah, I mean, he probably could, and I'd probably find a way to enjoy it. But um, I took a dark turn. Are you short of breath? <laughs> Are you coughing a lot? Yes. Are you not wearing your mask? Yes. Try Corona beer. <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> and Matt, I'm going to put you on blast here a little bit. How? Which Matt? Yeah, which <laughs> one? You, you got to clarify. Boss Matt. Uh, <laughs> how did the Colts lose that game? 
Wow. Because Carson Wentz sucks. Shut up. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he does not suck. He does not. Carson Wentz has just played his best career game. No, that was not a quarterback issue. That was a coaching issue. That was a defense issue. That was, yeah, it, it's bad. I, I'm embarrassed. I'm sick to my stomach. Um, yeah, that was it. Was not Carson Wentz. I, I, I will, I will guarantee that it was not Carson Wentz. No, you look at the, just how the game script unfolded, and and the Colts had a pretty handy lead, and and in classic Frank Reich, you know, um, it, you know, tradition. He likes to get conservative with his play calling, check downs. Ah, let's just kill some clock, and they don't extend drives. They let the, you know, they let Baltimore's offense right back in the field, and and Lamar Jackson was out there looking like Dan Marino last night, so. I mean, the kicking was also pretty bad, though. Oh, the kicking was horrible. That Rodrigo Blankenship, Blankenship, he had a hit. His hip was acting up, and he missed an extra point. He missed the game, possible game-winning, two possible game-winning field goals. He had one of them blocked, and the other one he just went. He just he just missed it. I was just like, this is this is too this was too good to be true. I just went on a very expletive rant um, <laughs> on my Colts fans and Bills land show because I just I've had enough. It's it's infuriating. I feel like this whole Sunday's worth of games was. Awful for kickers. I mean, you had. I think in the in the early games, you had at one point there was in the first half alone there were eight missed extra points. Yes. Um, then you had the whole uh, end of the end of the game with Mason Crosby and I forget the Cincinnati kicker's name. Uh, McPherson. McPherson. Who? The, I mean, you got what six uh, six missed field goals in the last two minutes. Like stormtroopers out there just I missing mean, everything. Yeah, it was just this game's <laughs> over. No, it's not. This game's over. No, it's not. This kicks. Oh, I'm gonna celebrate. Oh, wait, I missed it. I mean, just yeah, he was celebrating. He thought he kicked the game winner, and I'm like, no, dude, it, it went on the outside. And I guess somebody said he did the same thing as a college kicker when he was kicking in college. He had a game where he missed the field goal, but he thought it went in and celebrated. Yeah, that's like, like those dudes who hit the, 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 the jump shot threes, turn around, and they're like this, and then it just misses in the background. Or the, or the classic Sammy Watkins as he's pointing. <laughs> 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 Um, the old, we're going to go old school, the old Leon Lett days of oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Where you got oh, yeah. Don Beebe. Don Beebe. Don Beebe. Leon Lett, that dude was a hot mess. <laughs> no, but it's my, my. He messed up everything. He, he, he messed did. up. Yep. He did. Was he, it? he messed up a game again, Thanksgiving against the Dolphins. It was like a snow. It was like. Didn't he, like, recover a fumble in the end zone or something? Like. He, tu- and he touched a. <laughs> Oh no! Or, sorry. He touched the football, and then they ended up scoring a touchdown off of it. It or like rolled like that. into the end and zone, and it cost him a game. T- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Leon Lett was doo doo. Yeah, he was. Uh, I feel like though everything came after that Don Beebe strip. I feel like that kind of jinxed him. Oh, his whole career. He that still was, has two Super Bowl rings. He does. He does. Yeah. Um, so, does so does Carson Wentz, but he didn't do anything. He only got one. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy has two, and he didn't do anything. He was literally a healthy scratch of both the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was going to say, he's back-to-back Super Bowl champion. Yeah, Casey and Tampa Bay, yeah. I love it. Hey, he did it smart. Went to a good team, I got his two rings, and then retired. Carson with slander on this show. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, my old college roommate is an Eagles fan, and I remember the day Carson Wentz got drafted, he's like, this is our savior. Well, Nick Foles happened to be the savior. Carson Wentz is a brother. But Carson Wentz, that year, he was having a tremendous year before Nick he went Foles down. Not, Nick, Nick Foles is not a regular season quarterback. <laughs> That's the nope. thing. And I'm not going to say his nickname, which I frequently say on my other shows either. <laughs> but um, but Carson wasn't bad. Uh, his team last year wasn't extremely hurt. Like he He's one of the first. I think he's the only quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards. This was two years. This is three years ago now. His second to last year with Philadelphia, four thousand yard plus yards with not a single receiver getting over five hundred. Yeah, 
That's he, all. Yeah. He is one. He he's not afraid to sh- to share the wealth. He's not afraid to spread it around. No. Ride a hot hand. Um. But yeah, I think he's uh. He's got he got drug drink more milk. His bones are too fragile. <laughs> and he I is, think he is brittle as all heck. And that's I think especially in football, you get to that point if it's your your first injury, your second injury, your third injury, maybe in as many years, then you get that that label that nobody wants. Oh, this guy's injury, injury prone. prone. Right. But listen, he went out there against. Was it Tennessee? Yeah, it was Tennessee week three on two sprained ankles. And that showed me how, how much he cared. He's he's honestly the Colts MVP right now because that dude has been the only one who's gone above and beyond his expectations. All these guys who the Colts paid big money to, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, who started to get a little bit better last night. But all these guys who they threw a ton of money at, the, the Braden Smith, injured underperforming just not doing what they're supposed to do and it, it's it's been embarrassing but Carson I, I hold him on a pedestal right now I really I think he can be the guy I, and I didn't want him to call, I didn't want him to be the Colts quarterback I didn't I was openly I was Twitter everything I'm like oh my god why do we go get Carson why do we go get Carson and he, he changed my mind very quickly yeah and I the Colts were a team coming into this year that I thought that they could be scary um, I was. I'm still, even to this day, I'm not sold on Tennessee. I didn't. Wasn't sold on them last year. Not sold on them this year. I thought Indianapolis, with the amount of money that they spent on free agents, the guys that they brought in on free agent, I thought, I kind of, at least thought it was possible where Carson Wentz, with the whole, you know, he was best under Frank Reich. Yeah. I thought the reuniting there would would spark his career. I thought Indianapolis could be a team. That could be pretty dangerous, especially you know if if Buffalo ended up meeting them in the playoffs. And they do play each other in November, I think. They do absolutely. And I will it, not be going to that game. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> I I am a little surprised and a little miffed that I'm, dis- they're I'm not, definitely they're not I'm, I'm disappointed. I mean, this is a very hard stretch of schedules. They've had, you know, in this first five games, they've had four of them were playoff you know playoff teams last year, and one of them. Being the Dolphins was, you know, a fringe playoff. And, of course, the only one that they beat was the fringe playoff team of the Dolphins, who are uh, very disappointing this year as well. But that that game would have gave me a lot more confidence. If they would have got that win, I would have been a lot more confident that they can go and finish games. It's always been an issue with Frank Reich, is that they'll, they'll start off hot, and then they taper off, and it comes to bite them in the butt every time. At least it's not yep. like the Falcons that are, are prone to oh choke. Oh, my God. Every single, I thought they were going to lose the Jets this weekend. I'm like, is this really happening I, right I now? I picked the, the Jets, Jets started to, to rally. I did, too. The Jets started to rally back at like late in the third. I'm like, get uh, out. Oh. There's no way. And Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. Thank you. Oh, Thank absolutely. You. I love Matty I, Ice. Pre- I scream that at the top of my lungs. Any chance I get, Matt Ryan's a great quarterback, but he's had no defense for the last five years. No. And I, especially even if you look at the team he has this year, He's making every, he's making a lot out of not a lot. I mean, Kyle Pitts is going to be a he's going to be a man child. Oh yeah, he is going to be dominant. I don't think he's quite there yet, but give him another year or two, he's going to be dominant. Um, you've got Kelvin Ridley, who I think is still a, a, a very good receiver. I don't think he's a great receiver. He's got to show it yet. I mean, he was definitely he last year was like a breakout year for him, but he's no Julio. He's not a no, Julio yet. No. I think he's kind of like what uh, John Brown was with the Bills two, three years before Steph Diggs came there. Yeah. He was a nice number two quarterback or number two wide receiver, but he needed Steph Diggs. Sure. He needed, and Kelvin needed Julio, somebody who can take that double coverage or take that, that top corner away from you so that you can pick on the second one. Right. And I think he's just, 
and I have him for fantasy. I picked him up in the third round. Um, I think he's just he's he's there, but he's never going to be there. He needs another top guy. But but Matt Ryan works with what he has, and yes, every year has. I think he. I almost feel bad for him that he's in Atlanta. Oh, I feel horrible for him. Like I think absolutely and, horrible, Ed. and that's why how I was so happy that Stafford finally got an, a chance to go and play for a real organization. Mm-hmm. Look at him now. I mean, he, I he's elite. I picked at the beginning of the year that it was going to be Buffalo, Buffalo, L.A. in the Super Bowl, and I still think it. I like it. East Coast versus West Coast. I'm here for it. Absolutely. And then Detroit is uh, suffering under Goff now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think gosh. there too. I think I, I question their coaching staff. They. They're they're a bad team, but I think some of those games that they just I don't know if it was bad luck. I don't know if it was they put. I mean, you had what uh, a sixty-two yard field goal kicked against you by by Tucker to, to 66. lose sixty-six, sixty something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you don't expect that, but it was just I, I I call it bad luck, call it bad coach. I think they're they're still a bad team, but I think they're a little better than what their record shows. I think some of those wins, I think they easily could be. 500 at this point or maybe just under like at least oh, two for and three, sure. three and two maybe but it's just detroit i mean you want to talk it's about just bad detroit coach. very detroit yeah like bad coaching look at uh uh john gruden just now oh my god or or, what a mess. or the jacksonville court uh <laughs> urban meyer yeah yeah who got caught at the nightclub I oh mean, absolutely getting a little lap dance there so i mean was it a nightclub it looked like an applebee's to me <laughs> <laughs> that that makes it even worse <laughs> it was chilies or flingers yeah it's one of it, those. Was a, it was a friendlies come on <laughs> <laughs> oh god r.i.p friendlies <laughs> i know right <laughs> I'm a big. That was a Lockport staple back in the I day. I love these surprises. Is it still around? No, it closed. It had to close. Oh, it's closed. Yeah. It's been closed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there are any friendlies left. Like, I, don't I think, think it's so. done. Done. Oh, They're just like a blockbuster. They're obsolete. Or Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut's gone too. Oh my god. Yeah. It broke my yeah. heart. Pizza yeah. Hut. Although uh, did she the Netflix the last blockbuster? I thought that was. It was hysterical. very cool. I want to go see it someday. Oh, I, absolutely. I, want, I would like to go to make that road trip. Never would I thought that blockbusters the last one would be a memorial. To it. <laughs> It's like a museum that you go in and like show your kids like this is a VHS. <laughs> Can we rent it? They don't have it in stock. This is just the picture. That they, have. <laughs> you know that they, have. they legit get props sent for them from other old blockbusters. Oh, just to dial up their place. It's it's insane. I have those like the actual rented like thing for a video game that I just never returned. So I got a box from Etsy. It's in the pod cave. I, it's a replica case <laughs> and it has a, a, a make a made up uh, blockbuster card. Yeah, like I ha- like I remember seeing that. I have the like I have vintage the, blockbusters. Right. Oh man, I love the smell of those things. You open it up and just smell like crap, but I love it. <laughs> you oh, yeah. walk it was in. Only, you hear the <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> pop. yeah. You walk in on a Friday night. There's popcorn being made. Everybody's running around trying to find some crappy move that nobody wants to see anyways. And yeah. Those bins of like candy. It was like a. a, a I just went over to the video game section. That, oh, that's, yeah, I loved it. When they had Pokemon Snap there at Blockbuster, <laughs> I, oh, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Oh, of course. I mean, it, it was a divorced dad like staple <laughs> in my house. <laughs> like, what did my what did I do when I went to my dad's house on Friday? Blockbuster. Blockbuster. We out. And you always had to go there for new release day. Yep. New release day. Yep. Make sure. And then it was what after you had to return them after five or after six. So, but like. I know it's not on the shelf, but can you check the box? Has anybody dumped it back in yet? Can you Jeff check the box? Jeff Adam Family's Values. <laughs> it says you do. 
Uh, I love it. They always had like a movie playing in there too, and it always like was like Spider Man too or something. Yeah, it was always the same one every single time for like <laughs> yeah, ten years. I feel bad for those employees. They oh, could I probably recite those word for word, oh, and then I'm you'd sure. come back, but like, wait a minute, I already saw this one. Let me. <laughs> I already saw this part. We're Spider-Man 3. Come on. <laughs> you don't even have it in stock. <laughs> All right. Now, Matt, we're, uh, we're going to talk a little. We'll, we'll switch gears and actually talk about sports here. Um, but we were talking about sports. We were talking about sports. Spider-Man's a sport. Spy- <laughs> hey, Spider-Man's web slinging. Web slinging. Is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> <laughs> That's his eager. <laughs> Uh, but now wrestling. Um, now, you, as an athlete, as a player, um, that's your big sport. Now, you said coach for Niagara Falls. Um, I did. I coached Niagara Falls and Luport. Okay. Now, was it varsity, JV, modified? Uh, never. T- it's so weird because wrestling is like everything's combined. It's not separated like a lot of the other team sports. Okay. Everything's combined. The varsity wrestlers wrestle with the JV kids. Um, my Niagara Falls tenure. It was only like one year, but uh, volunteer coach. I'd go to anything and everything that I could. I just like being around the sport that much. So JV tournament, I'm there. Varsity tournament, I'm there. Whatever I can get my hands on. And when it came to, I was officially labeled the varsity or junior varsity coach at Luport, but I was brought in to work with their uh, their state champ hopeful, Lathal Seuss, who uh, I wrestled every single day in practice, and he ended up winning a state title. So beautiful. And then I retired. Because hey, when you, you got to go off on high note, when you coach, I was gonna say when you coach a state champ, hey, I did my job. I rode his coattails to a uh, state championship and I retired. <laughs> now, um, how was it as a like? How was it? I know you wrestled for Niagara Falls. How yes. was it coming back as a coach? That had to have been a trip. It was unique. It was really cool. Uh, coaching is something I always wanted to do, and then the only reason I stopped doing it was because of. Um, because of time, because of work, it's because of lo- life, it's a lot big time. Commitment. It's it's so hard and. Uh, but it was really cool because the head coach then was the you know the new guy on the block when I was graduating high school. It was his first or second year, uh, DJ Giancola, so okay. uh, Mr. Giancola's son. Say. And back when I was in high school, he used to stay late and wrestle with myself and uh, my my partner, uh, weight class partner Kenny Hamilton. He'd stay late, and uh, by the time I got back home from Rochester, I was living in Rochester for a couple of years. I go. You know, DJ, I need something to do. I want to get back around wrestling. Do you have any spots up? He goes, yeah, I'll make you a volunteer coach. And uh, and he did. And it was really cool to see him because, like I said, I knew what he brought to the table. I knew, um, you know, how much he, how much he cared. And it, and it showed. It, it really did. He coached, you know, uh, many kids the state tournament, you know, over his tenure. He just retired, not last year, but two years ago. Um, but it was really cool to just be a- around that. It was like a culmination of a lot of things. You know, um, uh, the coaches were at Niagara Falls, Gene Cole, head coach, um, Josh Egan, John Egan. Um, both Josh was uh, until Irvin Buck did in 2011. He was the highest state place finisher. He took third at 145 in 2004. Really, really smart dude. He's the head coach now. But I was around that. You know, so I got to learn a little bit. Don McCoy who's become a good friend. I knew, I've known his son for years. He was coaching in the youth scene for a long time. And, um, and you know, he was up. And I was just around these great, you know, John Egan, of course, Josh's brother. And I was just around these great wrestling minds. And it was cool because um, I actually, one of the reasons I wanted, why I wanted to do it was to help my little brother out. He was wrestling. 
and I might have been too hard. <laughs> he did not like it. He blames my dad for being pushy, but I don't know. But I wanted to be around that because, you know, I knew what Giancola did for me as, as when I was wrestling, and I wanted to be that for my brother. You know what I mean? I, I took six in New York State my senior year, and I was like, I want to make my, make my brother better. And he just he didn't care for the he didn't care for athletics. He, he just it's just one of those things. We my dad put him through like youth sports all the time, and uh, you know growing up. And by the time he hit like a sophomore junior, he was just burned out. And he goes, I just want to work and make money, and that's the kind of route he went. But but that was the reason why I got into coaching was to uh, be with him. So that that's I mean it's I've never had the opportunity. I've got two younger brothers. I've never had the opportunity to coach them. And I've always wondered, um, especially my my youngest brother, uh, Richie, who got into hockey. Right. um, I always wondered if I did have the opportunity to coach him, if I would be that coach that somebody had to come up to me and say, hey, Larry, uh, back off a little bit. Right. It's good that you want him to be the best, but you're, you're pushing him a little hard too hard back off like it's it's and it's got to be a fine line it's it's so hard because i mean i'm living at home at the time too and but you're right you know what you mean you're, you're driving them back back home and it's like does everything that happened at practice is it you know to come home with us and it was weird he did end up getting hurt and he just like i said he just didn't want to come back so it was it was it was a tough pill to swallow like i was he had a couple years there when i wasn't coaching and then you know here I am, all primed, ready to go. Get him, you know, up to up to where I believe he can be, and yeah, it just didn't pan out. But again, that's his choice. That was ultimately his choice. Oh, absolutely. Um, now I know the big, the biggest topic, or at least that I think in wrestling, or I've always heard, uh, even from some of my buddies in high school who wrestled, it's there always seem to be cutting weight. Mm, like it's always yeah. like, and you'll see, uh, even when I did track and field, or we'd be running. Um, practices in the hallways yeah. during winter you'd always see the wrestlers with either the the sauna suits the garbage bags wrestling in the hallway yep. with with pant like three or four uh pairs of long johns underneath mm-hmm. two or three pairs of pants just cutting weight cutting weight cutting weight um i remember one uh one gentleman and i'm not going to put his name out there but he literally had um Four hours, because their weigh-in was a little later, he had four hours, and he had to lose, I think it was five pounds, six pounds, something like that. And he's even in between classes. He's like, can't eat lunch. Like, he just here, dude, here was my lunch. I can't yeah. eat it. Can't drink this. Um, he'd go down to the gym, run around the gym, run laps around the gym, come back, do it again, constantly on the scales. And it's just, it's one of those things where I just, I couldn't, I, I I get it, but at the same time, it's gotta be unbearable at times. It's tough for a lot of for a lot of people. I mean, I had no problem making weight when I was in high school. I wrestled at two fifteen, um, but then I hit college, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna make you heavyweight." And it just it was all downhill from there. But <laughs> um, but there's a lot of kids. You know, some of those lighter weight classes are are real tight. It goes like it's like five pound increments, and they want you at certain weights. And, you know, you just see a lot of kids, like, they'll be cutting weight all wrestling season, and then as soon as wrestling season's done, um, you know, they, they put on 20, 30 pounds. And it's, oh, it's absolutely. Like, it's, it's like, it's wild. Um, I was actually, again, I'm not going to say the school, I'm not going to say the kid, but my senior year, there's a kid from another school around here in Section 6, and he was a heavyweight. You know, 285 was the weight class. He sat around 250. Um but we go to this big duel match. It's for number one ranking in the section, and we go to watch them um, go. And the the two fifty pound dude is at two fifteen. Ooh, 
he's been starving himself, sucking weight, as they as they call it. Uh, and he made it down to 15, wrestled, won his match, got them three, four points, and, you know, he shot back up to heavyweight. Like, it was literally all for one match. Like, he dropped 40 to, yeah, about 40 pounds. And how much of a time swing was this? Like I'm not r- sure how roughly? long he had been doing it, but I know that, like, Two weekends prior, he was up at heavyweight, like wrestling. So two I don't know how. Prior, he was he was he could have been slow. He could have been he was around. Yeah, two weekends prior, he was around two fifty. The weight class is two eighty five, but he's his resting weight was like two fifty. He could have been wow. cutting weight slowly and incrementally for this matchup, but it's like it, it was. That's it was still insane. a lot, even if he even if he was at just two fifty, two weekends. So losing forty Four. pounds in two weeks. Yeah. Wow. And then as soon as he made that weight, he's eating, he's ballooned up, he felt like crap. And it's like, you know, it's it's very unethical, but sadly and unfortunately, the programs that do that stuff are often the most successful. And that, that's that's the that's the, the, the fine line right there. Now, you said it's technically illegal, even though I'm, I'm the not the weight cutting so much. I think it's I think it's immoral. In oh, a way, I, it's I, definitely I, immoral. Sure, immoral. But um, like sauna suits, garbage bags. Yeah, that's a, that's illegal when it comes to cutting. Did weight. they really? Yeah. So they got rid of all that stuff. Yes, sir. Now, do they uh, do they really crack down on it, or do you think that <sighs> a lot of there's so much stuff that flies under the radar, un- sadly and unfortunately? But um, but I know that I tried it once, you know, just to just see how it went, you know, cut some weight, and my coach is like, no, 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 you got to take that off. You're not allowed <laughs> to do that here. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a big no no. Oh, absolutely. I remember. Um, I never wrestled. I remember I trained uh, with the wrestlers for – I had a break in between track season, um, and I trained with them, I think, for three or four three or four weeks. Yeah. Can I tell you, insane training, insane practices. But one of the, one of the, the days for one day, I just – you know, I see the guys cutting weight or whatever, and I was, you know, a little bit cocky. But like, it can't be that bad. So the day before, one of the guys told me, all right, I've got – Two pairs of long johns, yeah. A sweatpants, um, two pairs of the long johns up top, a t-shirt and a sweater, and gave me the garbage. So I I put on exactly the same amount of clothing that he had on, the garbage bag, and this kid would run no nonstop for at least forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, and he'd do it no problem. I'm running for maybe 10 minutes, and I'm like, Jesus, somebody call 911. I'm ready. And in high school, I mean, I was a distance runner, soccer player. I was only, I was, I don't think I ever got higher than like a buck 25, maybe a buck 30. Right. Um, so I didn't need to cut weight to begin with. Now, <laughs> now I think I need those sauna suits on. <laughs> but this kid was roughly, you know, give or take five pounds, um, the same weight I was. But, man, I'm just looking I was dead after 10 minutes. Yeah. And he's going 45 minutes, an hour. And I'm like, you, how are you doing this? This is insane. It's no, just another day in the office. Yeah, and well, he's like. And that's the, that's, the, that's the wildest thing. Yeah, and he's like, I've been doing this. I usually do this every year, every week, every day, at least three times. There's something. Sometimes I did it five times in a week. Yeah. And it's just, and like you said, he's the same type of kid where once wrestling season is done, he's out pounding hamburgers. Pounding, getting the French fries, going to make, he's just, it's like, it's like he's been deprived of food and he's just, oh my God, I got to gorge myself. Yeah, you know, it, it gets like that. We had, uh, you know, he wasn't starving himself, but um, we had one kid a couple, the year I volunteered at Niagara Falls, he, we were at the state tournament, we were coming back from it, he just finished, 
Uh, he went like one and two, but he didn't like I said he didn't cut weight severely, but he cut he, he just kept himself under. And we go to a, a through a rest stop on the way back home, and he like he goes to check out. We turns around, he has sandwich like sub sandwiches like like the size of a football in both hands. And he puts him down like nothing. It's like all bread. I'm like, how do you do this? First and foremost, it's, it's, it. You're right. It's, it's, it's throughway bread. Yeah. It's not the good soft bread. It's that crusty, crunchy, just dry. Oh, it's terrible. And he put it down. I'm like, (laughs) he was like 130, like a 130 pounder, maybe even a little bit lighter than that. I'm like, how did you do that? But yeah, that was another day in the life of wrestling. I mean, I listen, I miss being in that kind of shape, but I do not miss the kind of, you know, it, the ways that we you know, do it shotguns up the stairs at Niagara Falls High School. Mm-hmm. He's had good cardio, but I mean, my knees just hurt thinking about it right now. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean even just, I mean, I only did the the quote-unquote cutting weight experiment for one day, but um even just without the 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 extra clothes and the suits on, I mean those workouts that those guys were doing, they were legit. Yeah. And I mean, I like I said, I I used to run cross country before soccer, but I was a soccer player, was a distance runner in track and field, so I'm used to the longer, good cardio workouts. And I mean, these guys are no joke. I mean, as wrestlers, you think, all right, and they were, they're hitting the weight room, they're getting their strength up, they've got to be quick, they've got to be agile. But you just, I don't think people realize just how much cardio these guys do. No, I mean, and how much endurance like I say, you need You're to seeing have. the weight cutting stuff. You're seeing the running on the stairs, running in the hallways, running in the swimming pool uh, for some schools. And that's, that's not even the wrestling. That, that's not even like, like just, yeah. just getting in wrestling, like wrestling shape. That's just literally the cardio part. And, you know, sometimes you do it to, to close out a practice. Sometimes you go run to start off a practice. And then you go wrestle. And it really pushes you mentally. And and physically, uh, like I said, it was physically like it's insane to think about some of the stuff. And when I was in high school, my coach Izzy Martinez was was pretty light on us compared to what he was like ten years prior to to some of the other you know some of the other the the, the first Niagara Falls high school wrestling teams and stuff. It was um, it, it, you talk to all these old veterans like man, you guys are practices are light work compared I feel like that's in a lot of sport no matter the sport the older you get like if you look back at the 10 year mark or longer oh yeah like oh you guys have it so easy yeah, you're soft when right. I had to do the, we had to do wind sprints 20 wind sprints every day yeah. we had to we had to run 5 miles every day at practice this and that I feel like that's just yeah I mean I'm sure it's true too but I feel like that's just once you hit that 10 year mark out of the sport you're like, oh, you guys are so soft. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was around it this year. I did commentary at Niagara Falls. and I, One, I'm just like, I'm seeing these practices, seeing some of these kids. And, uh, again, there's some hardworking kids, but it's like, I don't know you. Like, I'm, you're so lost with all the kids in the sport. Oh, I don't sure. know you. I don't know who you are. And you just get surprised by some of the work ethics. And it, it is one of those. It definitely is one of those things. And, again, that's not to take away from those wrestlers who are working hard. But uh, but you are, like like I said, it, it's, it's, it's very different generationally. Oh, for sure. For sure, and there definitely are different things. Like I know even guys who played uh, soccer and sports before I did, or you, especially you get the old school football guys who played back in the seventies and eighties, yeah. and even into the early nineties. Where, man, if you try to run an eighties practice now, you would not last longer than a practice nope. because and somebody's getting canceled. Too. Somebody's getting somebody's getting canned, <laughs> and, uh, and somebody's a, losing their job. <laughs> yep, especially back. I mean, forget running two a days. There were times where these guys would run two a days. Give them off two or three hours, and then come back for another practice. I we mean, were you're doing running two. Three I, the one year I did, I tolerated f- playing football at Niagara Falls High School. We were doing two a days for all, like for like the first three weeks. 
Oh yeah. And like you just you go there, you practice in the morning, you sit there, you get fed lunch, you just sit and wait. And then you knew they were gonna drain you the second part. It was yep. just like it was a lot. And I I don't know for sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that they got rid of two a days. Like in at I least think in New York. from a legal standpoint, yes. I think they did. And and, and, and I am sure you know, again, yeah, oh these 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 millennials or whatever that yes. you know, but at the same time it's like oh, okay, it's kind of like it's yeah. it's kind of fair. It's Especially, you know, when football just lumping into one practice and call oh, it. A absolutely. Day. And I mean, especially when you're out, um, you know, early practices in August, you know, pre- when you're out with pads, you know, 20, 30 pounds of pads on in August, where some of those days are brutal. Yeah. And you're running. I mean, it's I think at some point enough is enough for sure. And it was back in the 80s, back in the 70s, even in early 90s and early 2000s. It was. I think for some sports, even outside of football, it was, you know what, if you weren't dog-tired, if you weren't running yourself ragged, if you weren't, like, downright almost dead at the end of practice, then you weren't really practicing. You were right. doing something wrong. Or you were, you were quote-unquote, too weak for the sport. Right. I mean, I believe in practices as hard as you make it, but but there's no doubt. You know, they throw so much at you, and, you know, the serious athletes will exhaust themselves. You know, they, they will push themselves beyond some of the other rest, you know, the other talent, whatever sport it may be, and absolutely exhaust themselves. But there's some who are walking away. They're just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to shower tonight. I'm like, what? You didn't sweat like I did? You didn't sweat pools? Like, you sweat, <laughs> slipping on sweat on, on the wrestling mats like I did? No, I didn't. What are you doing here? Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's when you get like, all right, this, maybe you yeah. might need to go to another sport. Right. But I'm like, eh, it's, it's, it's high school, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's where you're there for the friend component. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? <laughs> you're there for the social aspect. Yes. Um, now, give us uh, – wrestling's been always one thing. Give us a little bit of uh, background on the rules. I know it's uh, – you can win by either outpointing a guy, pinning a guy – um, I know there's is it three rounds? There's it's three periods three and periods, then overtime. Um, okay. So and each, each period is how long? I think it's I believe it's two. College is different. I high school is starting to adopt certain college rules. Okay, but I believe it's two two two. I think it's I, I'm pretty sure it's still two two two. So yes, you can win by a variety of different ways. Outpointing, but there's multiple ways to outpoint. Okay, a wrestler. So ooh, I did not know that. Yes, there, there's interesting ones. So if you win a match by seven points. Um, that is just called a decision. All right. Uh, if you're in a dual match, it counts as three team points. Now, dual matches just dual like matches you're, you're between two teams. one team and another. Okay. One guy out there still, you know, on the man at the same time. But you know, those individual matches yes. count for team scores. Okay. So, uh, win by seven points or less is three points for the team. All right. A win by between eight and 14 points is considered a major decision, and that is 14 points. Okay. So it increases. The value increases. Um, a win by 15 points or more is a technical fall. All right. 15 points is kind of like whitewashing and, and like uh, like okay. volleyball, like backyard sports, volleyball, yeah. cornhole. Once you hit that 15-point mark, it's done. The match is, is over uh, unless there's like a chance for the, for somebody to kind of reverse and make a pin. But usually that that's it's kind of a wrap after 15 uh, points and it's five team points for a tech fall. Oh, so you're if you're up by fifteen at any point, it's over. It's if done. You, if you go up by fifteen points, and I've seen it fifteen points in the first period, the match is done. Really? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, and so it's kind of it's almost like wrestling's version of a mercy rule. Essentially, yes. Essentially, it's like we just let's just end this. Um, and then a pinfall 
again, which can happen in any period, uh, which are, where wrestlers, you know, shoulders are squarely on the mat. And uh, it's squarely on the mat for any amount of time, of course, it's at the ref's discretion. But usually once it's once they're there, it's done. That's 16 points. Um, six team, not 16. But, uh, you know, those those points that, that in tournaments, you know, they, they do team scoring and all that stuff c- comes into play. So, um, so yeah, there's different ways to win by points, but but generally points and uh, yeah, points and pin. Now for team sports, now I know it's it's similar to a track meet, like you said. Each match, each match can get, I guess, up to sixteen points yes. or six points. Yes. Um, now, how many how many wrestling matches are there? Like how many how many different weight classes are there per per meet? Let's see. Usually, there's I, I think when I was in high school, there was fifteen. Okay. When I was in fifteen. There might be that. I think they might have gone back to that. It's usually anywhere between thirteen and fifteen. Um, but the problem is right now with wrestling is that numbers. A lot of people are moving out of New York State. And wrestling is not the most fondly thought of sport either. So uh, there's dual matches where you show up and there might be like one match. Really? I swear to God. Wow. I, I, uh, when I host the Section 6 WrestleCast, and I'm reading through some of these results of like the Southern Tier teams, and there's a lot of combined teams down there. There's a lot of combined teams down there. Oh, and course. even with some of these combined teams, people are going like driving 30, 35 minutes for a dual match. They have to. You know, for yeah. it to credit, and their kids are just going out there to single it, getting their hand raised, and you might watch one match because the other team has nobody. Because the other against. team has nobody, and and it, it's it's sad. It's it's honestly depressing. And they've actually, because um, ninety six pounds was the lowest weight class, which is I mean weird for high school. It's pretty much like a middle school weight, like middle school kids wrestling say. varsity. But the numbers were have been so, were so low that they decided to, they cut that and they bumped. I think one hundred three. Might be the lowest weight class now, which is, I mean, not much of a difference, but, um, but, but yeah, that's 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 kind of how it, it. They had to restructure the weight classes to save the sport essentially in New York State because wrestling is usually one of the first programs to go. If a school is cutting back on athletics, yeah. wrestling is always the first one to go. It's not. A, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not a huge money maker. Uh, depending on where you are, it's not a huge money maker. You know, we all know that the prime ones are football, basketball. And baseball. Yep. Those are the big money makers for schools. The schools yep. really get behind those, and a lot of ads just do not care about the other ones. Yeah, it's, unfortunately. I, I, you know, I had a. Maybe I should. I don't know if I should tell the story or not. <laughs> um, you know, our our ad at Niagara Falls definitely didn't support us. We. Uh, I'm I know a say, lot. Of, I know a lot of ads that did not support. Did not openly did not support a lot of programs throughout I, the years. I won't say any names. I'll tell you after. I'll happily tell you after. <laughs> but. Um, so after hours conversation, <laughs> yes, and then I'll tweet about it. Then you'll tweet about it. <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, so, uh, my senior year was the first time in five years that Niagara Falls was sending any wrestlers to the state tournament, and that was my senior year. Okay, um, I went. My friend Kenny Hamilton went. We were 189 and 215 pound sectional champions, and then uh, Irvin Buck, who was our was a wild card, uh, he got an at large bid to go. Uh, our coach, you know, wanted to Izzy wanted to bring all four coaches to to go to this mate all right i which, know where this is going okay uh <laughs> and and i've seen it happen oh it's, it's, it's horrible. i'm putting about to put my school on blast uh <laughs> he wanted to bring all four which is fair you know himself oh, he should sure. obviously go he's the sectional chairman but um you know everybody i mean these these guys who've been with us for the whole journey and i'll give him a shout out ken white uh dan maturko and of course dj gene cola who was the young guy at the time uh they w- they wanted to go. They deserved to go. They For were sure. part. They, they were part. They were there from the beginning for me and Kenny and Irvin. Gene Cola had taken extra time with us to to go, and uh, 
and RAD said, no, you have to pick. You can only pick two coaches to go. And obviously, Izzy was one, and you can only pick one other for three wrestlers uh, to go. However, on the flip side, the basketball team goes to the state championship. They didn't have any problem rolling out the whole damn fleet for for the basketball team. Cheerleading, right? Cheerleading, all there. Modified basketball, JV basketball, all the coaches, the band, the band, the band. Well, how can and you, they had problems sending two extra coaches for the wrestling team. Well, how can you expect them to win a championship without the band? Without the band and without the you know and the modified basketball players, you got to have them out there. Like I said, they all deserve that experience. But why are you trying to? Like we're not stupid. Like I'm very jaded at Niagara Falls High School for the way that they, you know they they specialize certain sports. Oh, like, sure. Very jaded. It's never changed. We used to have to. Niagara Falls. Our wrestling practices were the shortest in the section because we had to roll up our mats and make room for the basketball team. Yep. Now we have a field house. The wrestling team has a field house, which is great. Their practice time has increased. They can kind of stay as long as they want to, and do what they got to do. But, um. Yeah, the, it, there was a lot. There was a big uphill battle, and once we got the field house, Niagara Falls was a, all of a sudden a sectional powerhouse, winning sectional titles, sending multiple people to states, winning the NFL. It made a vast difference, and we just oh, it, for it, sure it, we lacked Niagara Falls lacked the support, and, and and that's what it was. And you know what I mean? The basketball team was tremendous. I, again, I'm not taking anything away from that, but listen, you have other athletes. We are all aware of where your head's at. You know, it, 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 as far as the support thing. You know, it, that's, I mean, that's how I remember my experience in Niagara Falls High School is that my AD did not give a crap about the sport I played oh, and was not, was not willing to put in support. My senior night, my senior night was in a back gym, in the small gym at Niagara Falls oh, High School. Of course. And with nobody around, we got pushed out for basketball. Oh, of course. My last time wrestling at Niagara Falls High School, and it was a weird, it was a weird, strange day. They delayed it and they pushed us out of the, they pushed us out of the big gym. So my senior night was me getting my hand raised uh, with a forfeit victory in front of ten people. Yeah, and it's it's something that could have been planned better. It's something that could have, I'm sure, been avoided. But like you said, well, we'll just move them off to the side. Yeah, and it's it's, it's just wrestling. And I think and it almost brings us back to Chris Collinsworth, where listen. I get it. You're going to have yes. bias. I get it. You know, the boosters for football, the boosters, you know, these are your, your big money guys. But you know what? There's no reason you can't treat them evenly, fairly. There's no reason you have to just blatantly, like, we're going to treat these guys on level one. Right. You guys are down at maybe like level seven or eight. And, hey, listen. Our team did pretty good in in, uh, in in when it came to academics too. Oh, for sure, right, we were one of the higher higher ones up there. Uh, we we were up there in regards of academics, and you know what I mean. We just, again, just people doing everything right, but but just not good enough for the people at the top. And it, it, it's it's like I said, it's absolutely infuriating when I look back. And and you know what I mean. Like, how great would a school be that put all its sports on pedestals? And I know all the sports aren't great, but man, give them the support. At least show them the love. Yes. At least show them the love. They might not. They might not have won a single game in the last five years. But these kids are still going out there. Absolutely. They're putting the work and they're representing your school. Yep. It is the least you can do is to yes. to put give them some kind of pedestal. Especially if these kids are like you said, still making the grade in the classroom, 
still doing academics, still doing other clubs, yep. other activities. You know what? Give them the love. They're out there busting their butt for two, three, four months, whatever the season is. If they're winning or losing, they still deserve respect. 100%. And it, it's very little to it, – it takes or it should take very little effort to show that respect. And that, yeah, like, like I said, they, they do kids a huge disservice and, they, you know, they're always at, you know, you get some of the high schools don't do it as much, but they're always like, oh, donations and why don't you come back and give back to your school? And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You just gave me pain. Like my, my fondest memories are not from the administration, from the AD. It's from the, the team that I was a part of. Oh, for sure. So I, I'm very, I'm, I am jaded towards my high school experience sometimes. And I graduated 12 years ago. Yeah. And I think I think you get a lot of athletes that are just you can I I think you can tell the athletes that think fondly of their school or were treated fair because they're always they're maybe tend to be that Al Bundy yeah. athlete where you know back in Polk High back in my days you yes. know reliving the glory years four touchdowns, four touchdowns oh, in yeah. a single game um, but then you get the athletes even if they were on a good team but like yeah I don't care about that school <laughs> yeah are you kidding I couldn't get it out of that school fast enough yeah. No, I couldn't wait. I actually wrote a scathing letter, and I was going to send it to the Gazette, like just how just how miserable like that school made me. And I, I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm literally I, like my senior. Like, uh... I had it written out. I had a ten page letter just 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 exposing just the crap uh, of this place. I, I think I was going to send it to like the super. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. It, it, but I, I I sat back and I was just I was just so angry at my high school at the end my senior year my high school experience. And then I was like, you know what? I'm almost done. I almost don't have to come back to this place again. Yep. You know, maybe someday I can come back and make it better for the kid, for the future generations. I can kind of pave the way and, you know, and, and, and make their high school experience better than, than mine was. But um, I'm almost done. I'm just going to take this degree and your diploma and just move on. So now the one thing that always interests me in wrestling, too, was just the different weight classes, like where you got the you've got the. Smaller guys like the 100, 103s, yeah. 105s, where they're just, I'm, they're strong, they're quick, but it's more, it's more just speed. Like these guys are like human flashes out there it's on really the ground. Cool to see. It's fun to help. And then you've got the the big heavyweights, like you call them, who are the two fifteens, the two fifty guys just leaning on each other, sweating and stuff. I mean, it's just it's it's one sport where I don't think you you really in any other sport you see just the the contrast of. Uh, it's almost like boxing, oh, where you've got the you've got the the lightweights, the featherweights, or whatever, who are out there, you know, throwing a hundred a hundred punches around, and then you've got the big Mike Tyson's, where if they're lucky, they throw maybe forty or fifty right. punches. But if one of them land, oh, look out! Exactly. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It, it's 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 actually kind of cool to see the big man wrestle because it's 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 a one move and, and it's possibly it. They're usually just leaning on each other because they're out of breath and. Trying to throw each other, and then once somebody gets thrown, that's it. That's usually it. So, but but you are right. You know, there's a contrast in size. You can definitely see the technique. I'm not gonna say the technique level drops, but the amount of contact, contact, the amount of moves that occur, you know, it, it, throughout the 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 tenure of a wrestling match, it definitely like it gets interesting. The higher you go up for the heavyweights. Oh yeah, I could see that. I could see in heavyweight. I could see there being a lot of, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but I could see there being like a lot of first round or first period pins. Or, or heavyweights, yes. Heavyweights, there, there are a lot. It's, it, actually, some of them go to – it's either first period pins or overtime. Really? they just don't do anything. Now, overtime, like you said, it's three periods. So if they're tied – If there's – over, so the overtime rules, I should have I said this before. It's uh, one minute sudden death, 
Okay. And oh, it's f- so first point wins. First, first takedown. It's usually first takedown wins. Okay. Um, yeah, first takedown wins, which is two points. Um, I should have gone through that too. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, first takedown wins. So that's it. And then if if there's no points in that overtime, there's two thirty second periods where you get it's like an ultimate ride out kind of thing. You just keep going back and forth. Or there's a referee's position. There's top bottom and stuff, and you either got to hold the guy down or restrain him from getting points or get out, depending on where you are. And uh, it gets pretty intense. So there's there are no ties, right? It's just your there are no ties. Okay. Somebody has to win. Somebody has, Somebody to, has win. to win. Have you? Just curious. What's the longest? Like, what's the longest overtime wrestling match? No, no matter the weight class. Like, what's the longest one you've either been a part of or that you've that you've seen? <sighs> it's so weird. Even though they're like six minute matches, they go. They feel so long. <laughs> I don't. I haven't hit. I think the only really extended overtime I ever had was in college. I went to triple overtime with a guy from RIT, and that was a yeah. There was like a. Yeah, I think it ended up being like a. I was out there for like ten fifteen minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Now is there is there rest in between overtime or is it just pretty much all right, it's, guys? Let's, it's kind of quick. They try to keep the motions going. That's got to be that's got to be insane. I mean, even just any wrestling match. It's it's tough, even just a period. But man, fifteen minutes—that's it, it was a long time, and and yeah, they, they go they can go pretty long. Wow, yeah, that's insane. Um, and I love the fact that it's. And I wish I wish I wish a lot of sports. I wish soccer was like this. I know it was like this back when they had the shootouts or whatever, ending games. But I just I hate ties. I don't care. The oh, it's, it's silly. I hate yeah, ties. just play to win. Find a way to find a way to. Or end like the how game. exciting was like, that one year Syracuse basketball went to like six overtimes. We we're playing at like two in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that years ago. Yep. So no, I love it. Um, so now you did talk a little bit about uh, for points. Uh, what are some ways? I know you talked about a takedown is worth two. What yes. are some other ways that you can get uh, points in a wrestling match? Okay, so in the indivi- like the, the individual match scoring. So uh, two, yes, yeah, two for takedown. There's uh, near fall points. Okay. So if you hold an opponent on their back, sort of for, for two to four seconds, uh, it's it's two near fall points. If you hold them uh, for five seconds or longer, it's three points. Um, you can get an escape point. So if you get taken down and you stand up and break control, it's one point. And uh, or you get a reversal. So if you're on the bottom, if you get been taken down and you reverse the control, you get two points. Okay. So yeah, I think that's. That's pretty much it for scoring. It's a pretty simplistic score. So there's tech fouls, uh, fouls. There's all sorts of different, you know, penalty points. So you can technical lose violation. Points. You don't necessarily lose. You, well, sometimes I guess you you can, but um, like technical violation, like a full Nelson or something, or an illegal hold, and they'll award the other person a point. Oh, so they don't take a point away from you. They, they would just, just add give it to the other. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. All right, that's that's good. Like I kind of thought it was a little bit like boxing, where if uh, you know you can be deducted a point or or lose uh, a point, but that's that's interesting that they actually give it to the other point or to the other person. Oh yeah, I've seen a lot, a few wrestling matches decided by that one point too. Oh, absolutely, I'm sure. Now, what's what's would I guess what would you say? Um, and I know it depends on different rounds, but like what would you say is the average uh, point for a wrestling match? Um, <sighs> or I think it ultimately depends on the weight class. Like, uh, like I said, a lot of heavyweight matches are ended like one nothing, two nothing scores. Really, heavyweights, yeah. Uh, again, the, the ones that go the distance are like one nothing, two nothing scores. Um, say, I think we got. <laughs> he's trying to. Get, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it certainly varies. It certainly varies. It, it, you know, just just how I how I, obtain, 
I've seen sectional final matches between two very good wrestlers end in one nothing matches. So really, yeah, like the two people who should go like win a state championship go go like one nothing. Is it just a lot of stalling out? Is it just? It's a, just a slow, methodical approach to to a wrestling. It's match. almost more like a chess uh, it, match. It, it definitely is a chess match. It's the, the the matches are boring, but you know what I mean. It's just these two guys who are just scouting each other out and 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 know each other's stuff. Uh, yeah, I remember this uh, Andrew Stella and. I can't remember the kit. Nick, no, was it Nick Stella? I think it was Nick Stella from uh, Sweet Home, and there was, I think it might have been a Lewandowski from Lancaster, and they were like really tight, and they like their class their class championship match only was like a one nothing score, and and their sectional final was even like was one nothing as well. Yeah, that's that's now for the little guys. Is that? Uh is that more of a higher scoring, more of a, like, it point It certainly point? can be. They do a lot of tilts. Again, their takedowns are crazy. Nowadays, with it, with college, with, with high school wrestling, it's a very collegiate style where they're just grabbing. Like, they're holding on to something. Even if they get a takedown, there's so many, like, reversals and stuff. Um, but it ultimately depends on, on the kids. Like I said, the better wrestlers, your score is going to be much closer. Okay. Now, do you get, like, I know you can shoot for a takedown. Do you get any points for stuffing the takedown or stopping the takedown? No, or? you just pretty much save yourself from getting points against you. That's, that, that's all that is. Um, yeah, it, like, if somebody shoots on you, you take it, you, you sprawl, and you can even, like, go behind and get the takedown points from there. So, yeah. Okay. Th- not, not too much defensive stuff as far as scoring goes. Okay. You can get a defensive pin. That's happened before. A defensive pin? Yeah. How, how does... Yeah, so that's uh, that's a very, very rare occurrence, but... Um, there's times when, when a guy on top, you know, he's, he's in control of a, uh, of a maneuver, let's say a cradle, but his back is a little wonky. You can actually shift your weight where in his post where his shoulders are down and, and he gets pinned. Really? Yeah. It's wow. pretty cool. That's, that's gotta be interesting. I'm oh, yeah. sure the guy, I'm sure the guy who's, who's got in position might think once the official starts doing the one, two, three, that maybe he's getting oh, yeah, the one, two, three, it, but no, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> bam. That's it. That's that's I would have never thought about that. That's crazy. <laughs> and I know some of those guys. I mean, man, you see some of them and they're like twisting people up in pretzels and, and God knows what else they're doing. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of crazy, a lot of crazy positioning. That's there's no doubt about that. Uh, now, one thing I found lately that's been um, making headlines for wrestling is girls getting into wrestling. I love it. Um, I love it. I was going to say, are you are you pro? Are you are you against it? I, I'm. I'm definitely for it. Like I said, I, I think it, it helps the sport. Listen, I mean, right now in New York State, the sport's dying. Like, it, like I said, the numbers are just going. There's no, there's no reason. I mean, t- right? Title Nine, I think, is the big thing that helps yep. it, it encourage girls' sports. It should have never been had to be a law. It should have just been, hey, let's encourage this. But man, there's nothing I love more than watching, like, go, like watching a wrestle match and seeing a girl like beat up on a guy. Oh, like, it's the greatest thing. My senior year, there was a girl from Fredonia. Her name is Carlene Slaberski. Uh, her and this uh, Tommy Page from Eden, back and forth all year long. Um, she got wild. I think she got yeah. She, she went no. She got wild carded to the state meet and beat him in the state semifinals. And she was the first woman to wrestle in a New York State Championship final. She lost. She lost unfortunately, but uh, she's like really good. She's done a lot of stuff with like the Olympics. So, like she's been a big. Uh, I think she coaches at Iroquois, if I'm not mistaken. Now, or she had some kind of stint at Iroquois. Um, but yeah, I I think it's great. I I, I really do. I, I think you know in this day and age, you know that you know it's it's an it's an equal opportunity thing. Like you know the guy the guy's not going to go out there and take it easy on you. That's for sure. No. Um. But I do like when they they go out there and get competitive. And I mean, man, it's it's 
It adds another layer to the sport. That's for sure. Absolutely, and I I think, and again, I've I've other than that week or, or that month or two, the few weeks that I've trained with wrestlers, I've never done a wrestling match. But I always found it interesting where you do read some of the stories where um, the the wrestler will say, "Well, I'm not I'm not wrestling against a girl. I'm not doing this. All respect to her." And, and I, I love when they say all respect. I respect her, but I'm not going to wrestle her against her. I think just the fact that you won't wrestle against her is, is showing yeah. that you're disrespecting her. There was an issue my sophomore year where a kid from Lackawanna requested he not be on the same side as a, as on a sectional tournament bracket as a girl because his religion wouldn't allow him to compete against a woman. And he ended up they're like, we can't do anything. Like This is our format. This is our criteria. And he ended up having a forfeit out of it. Like a, he was a really good wrestler, and you know, to each their own. I'm not going to criticize somebody's religion, but you know, like this is a sectional title. If you want this thing that bad, you're going to have to go through her eventually. Yeah. If she's that, if she's that good, and you're that good, you have to go through her uh, eventually. So, um, so yeah, that that was that was something I remember being. I'm like, just like why, why, just just you know. I agree, and it's not like. It's not like they're just taking a girl off the street and say, all right, go in the ring. Right. I mean, especially when you get to the sectionals, they earned that right. Yes. It's not like they just, well, okay, she's getting in because she's a girl. No, she's obviously earned that right. She's got the she's got the good record. It's not it's not like uh, sectionals is an open tournament where everybody qualifies. Right. Um, so I, I never understood that where a guy would say, well, I can't. It's a girl. I can't. It's a girl. I'm not disrespecting her. It's a girl. You are disrespecting her. You're taking you don't away see, you don't her see opportunity. Her as an, right. You don't see her as an, on an equal playing field. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I think that's the that's an ultimate insult to the sports. The more these sports get integrated, the better it's going to be for everybody. Absolutely. And I think especially wrestling, when you've earned that right as a competitor and somebody says, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to give you a walk to the next round. I know if it was me personally, I'd look to be like, I just I have no respect for you because right. you won't wrestle me. I've earned it. I don't want a freebie to the next round. I don't want a free. I don't care if I've never made the semifinals, the finals. I don't want a freebie to that finals. I want to earn my right there, and you're stopping me from earning 100%. my right. It's shame. It is shameful. It is shameful. Again, I'm not going to criticize somebody for for religious things and stuff. And people, you know, if you're into that, that's super cool. I'm not a very religious person myself, but. Uh, but it, it is an interesting decision, especially when you you know you you want to go to the state meet. You're a sectional, uh, you know, sectional athletes, and it's a it's a very interesting choice to 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 make. Absolutely. Now, um, have you ever have you ever come across that where you had, um, you had to coach a, uh, an athlete who was going against a female? I did uh, at the uh, North Tonawanda JV tournament. I was I was coaching at Louport, and you're wrestling a uh, you're wrestling a female from Chautauqua Lake. And, you know, I, I told her, I'm like, you know, it, like, just go out there. She's no different than anybody else. Like, that's the thing. Like, I love integration, but everybody's got to be treated equally. Absolutely. At, when it comes 100%. to that stuff. Like, you go out there and you wrestle like you wrestle anybody else and you're going to be okay. Right? And and he did. He, 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 he definitely went out there, handled his business, and he won fairly quickly. And he was like, man, I was so nervous. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to be. You know, but this is this is one of those barriers that we have to break. It's to normalizing this this integrated, you know, the integrated sports. We have to normalize that that kind of process for 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 athletes. Oh, for sure. And I think uh, a lot of times, you know, you'll get 
There, I, I know there have been stories where of uh, guys playing field hockey, which is a, a female sport, where they'll get razzed. Oh, you know, you're just doing it to dominate. Yeah. You're just doing this. You know, if if you've got the love for any sport, guys or girls, I don't care if it's a guy sport, if it's a girl sport, whatever. If you've got the love for that sport, if you want to put the time, the effort, the energy into that sport, and it's truly your passion, who's anybody else? Who are we to stop you from doing that? Like you said, as long as you're treated equally, as long as you're treated fairly, whether it's a guy playing a girl sport or a girl playing a guy sport, as you're, as long as you're treated like every other athlete on that team Every other athlete in that section, every other athlete that is playing or ever played that game, as long as you can go out there and be okay with that same treatment, yeah, you should be allowed to do it for sure. Yes, yeah, special treatment is something that I've you know, I I, I don't appreciate. It, it, like I said, it, that's when you start distancing people from. It's another thing that distance people from the special treatment towards, you know, um, you know, certain individuals like like you know that Ken Maurice wrestler who got burned in the sectional finals. Yeah, you know that that it's burns and, and it goes for rules as well. It goes for rules as well, and and things got to be you know kind of down the middle, cut and dry, or you're gonna the, the sport's gonna self destruct. I I agree a hundred percent. Now. <laughs> It was always funny with with some of the wrestlers that I knew, especially in high school. I knew a few in college. Um, there was always the debate between a lot of them whether they liked the WWE <laughs> or AEW. Well, now it's AEW, All Elite There's Wrestling. One. Yep, yep. Um, some wrestlers are the, are huge wrestling fans, WWE fans. Other wrestlers, I mean, they will they won't even look at wrestling won't even watch networks that have wrestling on there. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what was, what's your take on that? <sighs> like what you like, I think is the <laughs> ultimate thing. I think like what you like, uh, right now, the way that pro wrestling is, I mean, they could, some places call it, they call it sports entertainment, but, um, I did spend some time in pro wrestling and I'll honestly say that my background in amateur wrestling and high school wrestling helped me for that transition, uh, to an extent. They're very different worlds, but the preparation is is a little bit different. Now with now with pro wrestling, it's it's a lot about acting. Um, it's more, more so about acting, opera. and then then it is the co- the competitive nature of it. Um, but you know, we used to joke around about it. Like I used to go sit in in Coach Izzy's you know classroom before you know I'd have like a break in between my final period and wrestling practice. We'd go and just sit and watch wrestling and talk wrestling. And um, it was one of those cool. It was one of those cool things. I, I went back for the summer camp program and I brought one of my pro wrestling friends with me and we were doing like, it was like almost like amateur style, but a, a thing called chain wrestling, which okay. is like a back and forth, like technical stuff. And we just did it on the match and everybody's like watching. And I'm just like, yeah, we're, we're doing our pro stuff. And all these people are just like, what are they doing? And it was, it was cool. Yeah. We were doing like, it was all sorts of weird maneuvers, but yeah, it was, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. Now, did you ever get any wrestlers, uh, high school wrestlers that came into or came into wrestling because of pro wrestling like i was one of them i i was is like that, is that what got you involved in wrestling i loved pro wrestling like in eighth ninth grade or oh, it was like seventh yeah seventh grade i really got into it and i walked in i'm like i have no idea what this is gonna be like but it's <laughs> wrestling like i walk in the room i'm like where's the ring <laughs> it's not real wrestling. Where, not real where's, wrestling. where's my where's my valet where's my manager right where's the steel chair <laughs> like what is going on here and what's a wrestling name? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my theme song? You're right. And I, I, I was a little disappointed. With it. Just a teeny tiny disappointed. But I, I kind of figured that's kind of what the sport was like. Um, 
but yeah, oh, there's definitely a lot. There's definitely a lot of people who who kind of see that as a gateway to that. It's not so much. It, it depends on on the route. For WWE, it's it's they 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 actually kind of love like collegiate wrestlers and stuff now. But there was a point in time where they weren't taking those guys at all. I was gonna yeah. say Kurt Angle was like an actual like Olympic class. Yep, like yeah. Brock Lesnar, Ken Shamrock, yep. Dan yeah. Severn. Uh, Jack Swagger was like he had like an undefeated season at Oklahoma or so yeah. like thirty pins or something. So they like had that. the yep. technical skills, You're right? Uh-huh. Right, the showmanship. That's the, that's the big part that they look for. Right. And uh, yeah. and I I know for Kurt Angle that was huge because I think if I'm not mistaken I think he was one of the first like uh, actual you know Greco Roman style like, wrestlers. Like in my my opinion, like a real at- yeah, but a real wrestler right. that yes. that actually got a big. Push from the WWE. He did. Uh, he was yeah. Monster. What was it WWF back when? It was WWF you know, back then. Okay, but he's come back since then. Too. He is. He. I think he's retired again now. He's man. He's up there. It's 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 crazy to see how old he's gotten. But yeah. Um. But, but yeah, he was just he. Was, you know he. How do I word this? Uh, he was one of the originals. Like I said, there's a lot of, back in the old days of pro wrestling it was just they wanted they bodybuilder type but they wanted the they wanted more so the wrestlers nowadays they want more so want the showman there's, there's like i said yeah. there's few guys who get through oh yeah but back in the 50s and 60s uh catch i think it was they consider they call it catch wrestling for pro wrestling and they loved amateur wrestlers who got into you know it to came into pro wrestling that was it there was there was legit like in the nineties when when Vince McMahon was starting to close out all like the AWA and all these other old businesses, there was promoters who would not who would only put over guys who had amateur wrestling experience. I could see that. Yeah, like uh, what was it? Bob Backlund in the nineteen eighties. Mm-hmm. They Hulk Hogan was getting ready to be the big star in the WWF. Bob Backlund said he will not drop the belt to Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan has no amateur wrestling experience. They didn't want so to put him over. Correct. So he dropped the belt to the Iron Sheik, and the Iron Sheik dropped it to Hulk Hogan. That was how they transitioned into the Hogan era. Yeah, so. and I, th- I know you've had, you've got wrestling promotions like uh, the Stampede Wrestling that was the Hart families. Mm-hmm. Oh, they love um, that stuff. Yeah, and they were all, like you said, it was more of they didn't want the big bodybuilders, the big stiff guys that couldn't wrestle. Right. They wanted you, and uh, in fact, Stu Hart would stretch you out in the dungeon. Yes, um, but they wanted you to—they uh, wanted you to know what you were doing. And a lot of wrestlers feel that, um, granted, WWE is a—you know—it's wrestling entertainment, but that's a way to avoid injuries. Oh yeah, because you know what you can do, you know what you can't do. You're not one of those guys who are. I'm just going to pick you up and throw you down. Plus, it does help to know the amateur stuff because if somebody does want to get like a little rowdy and rough, you just you just stretch the crap out of them. <laughs> you just stretch them up. You hurt them. You put yeah. them in a hole and you and you, you kick crap out of them. Absolutely, give them a little. Hey, don't do that ever again. No, for sure, for sure. But have you ever have you ever come across even in your wrestling days of guys who just would be like, "This is fake. This is phony. Why do you watch this?" Garbage? Oh yeah, there's always that one person. Always that one person. I'm like, I know. Like you don't have to tell me. I just enjoy the entertainment aspect. But like you mean that guy really uh, survived? It hurts, man. He really it, survived it, twenty chair shots. I know. Yeah. Oh, he did. And like my body still hurts from it. Like my shoulders are all messed up. I can't hold my, like if I have to hold any sort of weight above my arms, you know, my shoulders are shot. I should probably get surgery. What was your What was your pro wrestling name? Or did you just go by? It Matt was uh, Maverick Matt Milan. Maverick Matt Milan. What's yep. the story behind that? Where'd you go? Uh, well, the, my last name was not very pro wrestling esque, so they're like, "Are you Italian?" I'm like, "Yeah." All right, your last name's Milan. <laughs> um, when I got into training, myself and my partner Vince, we we actually drove up to Rochester two nights a week okay. for training, and uh, 
our nicknames right out of the gate the first day we showed up Maverick and Goose and uh, from Top, Top Gun. Gun I love it and that actually became my my gimmick I, I I did you know like a Top Gun gimmick he used to come out in the bomber jacket the big sunglasses that was your music the danger zone I didn't I should have been it was a there was a couple times that I did use it but there were, there were other wrestlers like it was weird. I'm here. I'm a Top Gun theme guy, and there's other wrestlers who are non Top Gun related that are coming out to that song. <laughs> so, but all, I have all my footage on YouTube, actually. Really? Uh, no it's, way! It's, I swear to God, I'll send oh, you guys. I'll send it. you guys links. We after. need the link. It's uh, it's it's some good stuff. Yeah. And how how long how long did you do it? Five years consistently. Um, I got to meet a lot of cool people. Um. You know, I got to meet Roddy Piper. I got to do an in-ring segment with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. Get out of here, I swear, really. Swear to God, I got a picture of it. I'll show you that sometime, too. Um, you know, I got to, like, yeah, I, I got to meet a lot of these guys. I even got to do backstage work for WWE at one point. I'm in sorry. 2013, really? In 2013, I was really excited. They they call on you wrestlers when they come to town. and like, hey, you want to do some extra work? And I got to be backstage. I got to watch. They did a pay-per-view here in Buffalo. That was the first one. It was 20, okay. 2013. Um, and you know you're back there. You see how their 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 business is operating. You can see all these names like Triple H. I got Vince McMahon walked by me, and you know it's just it's crazy all the day to day like what they do to prep for a show. It's insane. Catering's really good though. I'll give them the credit for that. What what did you do for them, or was it just they they if they need you they'll use you. Basically they have you backstage. They have you wrestle like a tryout match. Like I wrestled a tryout match in front of Arn Anderson. Okay. Uh, you know, in 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 Irwin R. Scheister and and in Dusty Rhodes and all these guys, uh, which is really cool. And they're like, hey, if we need you for a spot or something, we'll have you come up. And you know, because sometimes they do security spots, and those security spots usually the cops are not really cops; they're just indie wrestlers yeah. in cop clothing. But that that was. Uh, you mean they really didn't call the cops on all those guys? <laughs> it's crazy. If those it's paramedics crazy. aren't real. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, did they ever? Did they ever use you? Were you? At, I never ever? got to be on TV, but I, I did three days. Uh, three three days that weekend. I did uh, Buffalo, Pittsburgh for Raw, and then Columbus, Ohio. For did you Smackdown. get paid at all? Yes, I got two hundred dollars a night. Oh, okay, Ooh, that's, that's not, not bad. bad. So, but I also did just sit there and eat. Um, <laughs> basically, like I said, the catering was good, but yeah, they. Uh, the only thing that sucked about it was I had a. File taxes in Ohio and Pennsylvania. <laughs> I actually owed my. I, I might still owe money to the state of Pennsylvania. <laughs> so what you're saying, saying is you might want to edit that part out too. <laughs> we we know dog the honey outers out, out oh, there. He's so. gonna be looking for me. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, now if uh, actually no, we'll save that for we'll save that for our hot seat segment. That question that I was about to ask there, but um. In fact, speaking of our hot seat question or our hot seat segment, I don't know why I went this question. We're going to go right into the hot seat segment. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Matt, I've got questions. I don't know. if Did you come prepared with questions? No. Of course not. <laughs> what so, do you mean, of course not? I did it for the past two weeks. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Even though you stole one of my questions from the last hot seat. Oof. <laughs> but I'll forgive you on that one. Um, I'm telling Clancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to go through some our hot seat segment. The first one, uh, this goes for everybody. If you could plan a vacation anywhere, where would it be? Doesn't matter the time, doesn't matter no no other outside factors. If right now you had to plan a vacation, money's not an issue anything, where would that vacation be? Switzerland. I was going to say I by the Swiss Alps. There's a place, beautiful little place called Montreux. Um I I mean I want to see the world, but Montreux, Switzerland. It's at the base, uh, one of the bases of the Swiss Alps, and I've seen videos of it. It's absolutely gorgeous. I'm a photography guy, too. Like, I, it, I don't do it as much as I used to, but 
I just love to be immersed in that. Like it, like springtime, fall, you know, whatever time of year it is, just to just to be around that and then just see the the, magi- the majestics of that mountain. I'm endless. telling you, I went. I got the opportunity to go to Lucerne, uh, Switzerland once, and it did not disappoint at right. all. I'm telling you, I did not want to leave. I yep. at, at one point I started looking for jobs to <laughs> teach in Switzerland. Oh yeah, that it it was just it was picturesque. Everything was beautiful. Right, it's just gorgeous. stuff you've only ever seen on TV. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, it, it was fantastic. So I'm right up there. Mine, of course, though, I, I'm going to say Italy. I, I've always, Italy. I've I've always wanted to go to Italy. Italy. My wife was there for two weeks, and I was so mad. She, her sister's <laughs> a flight attendant, so they just she oh, gets free flights, so gets and they went everywhere. over there for two weeks and left me home alone. Oh, that's not fair. No, I that's <laughs> that's mine. I would always... I loved Switzerland. Um, would always want to go to Italy. Though. Absolutely. Matt? Other Matt? I was going to say Ireland. Ireland. I've heard a lot of good things yeah. about Ireland. My last name is Irish, and apparently there's a lot of. I have a castle named after me, a town, the Keogh Castle. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I one one of the, the Josh Egan, who I mentioned, was uh, the head coach of Niagara Falls Wrestling. He went over there for his honeymoon, and he GoPro the whole thing, and it was beautiful. They they visited one, you know, some of the old castles and stuff. It's, it's did he there. did he kiss the Blarney Stone? Yes, yes, he did. He went to Blarney Castle. Yep. That was his. That was his thing. Oh yeah. I have a pin that says that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, maybe one day you'll get there. I, I, that's another place I I would love to get there. I think it's I I, I want to get everywhere. Oh yeah, I'm a big traveler. Um, in fact, my wife's gotten me more and more into traveling. So we get to travel uh, again, not as much as we would both like, but we we try to get a, at least a vacation every now and then. For sure. All right. Um, speaking of wrestling, um, and Matt, you might actually have this already, but it, would you rather be if you could be a, even a you you get your big shot in AEW or WWE? Would you rather be the heel or the babyface? Oh God, that's actually it's really easy to piss people off nowadays. So uh, I'm gonna go with the bad guy. Okay, I, I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I like to be the bad guy. Be, being a bad guy is fun. You don't have to do a whole lot to make people mad. So I agree. For me, I'm gonna change it up. I. I'd like to initially start off as the baby face, maybe write it for a few months, and then, of course, have that heel guy turn. Oh, yeah. Where he just... It's, and, it's, it's, it's pretty powerful when it happens. Absolutely. What about a la, a la Sean uh, Michaels when he turned on uh, Marty Jannetty. Oh, yeah. Turn on right through the, bar, the, the window, the barbershop window. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. It's still classic. <laughs> uh, Matt Keogh, I, I think I know where you're going here, but what are you going to say? As much as I want to be the good guy... Apparently, I'm very easily hated, <laughs> and I'm very good at getting people to hate me. Oh, yeah. Um, as shown by Larry's. Surprisingly, I'm surprised Larry said, I want to be the heel, because he wanted to be the good guy. And oh, no, I was, the guy. I was the baby face. We did, uh, again, we, whoever listens to our podcast, you, you've heard the story before. We did a, um, at our summer camp, we always do sumo wrestling. We right. to get the big belly bumper suits on. Yeah. So this year, I went totally WWE style. I, I had it. the counselors when they did their match. Matt uh, started from week one. He was Macho Matt, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> uh, he came out as week one, and just the response that he got, it was initially going to be like different counselors fading each other. Each, yeah. each. I was like, you know what, Matt, you're winning. He was our champion the entire <laughs> summer. And I, I kid you not, it was six weeks long, the camp. By the time week three got along, we had to have a talk with some of our kids because he's coming out and they're throwing stuff at him. They're <laughs> booing him. And these are like little second and third graders who are crying when Macho Matt wins. <laughs> I mean, it was insane. So at, at, there. at one point we had to be like, Macho Matt. And, and he's getting ridden the entire week. Kids are booing him as he's walking by. But like, 
when he's during the week, when he's not doing sumo, this is Mr. Matt. <laughs> he is just a counselor. When he's in the ring, that's when you could boom. He's Macho Matt. Yes. That's when he's Macho Matt. <laughs> so Matt was definitely the the heel amongst heels in the in the sumo wrestling world. Good for you. You have a future. You have, you have a future. In the I was I was ready because our friend Steve caught some on video. I was ready to submit it to uh, Vince McMahon. I was like, do you need someone to be universally hated? Because I can do that for you. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I think Matt made a fantastic heel. All right. Um, what, uh, let's see, if you could start a new career right now, um, doesn't matter going back to college, whatever, if you could just, hey, you've got your certification, no matter what it is, you've got your degree, if you could start a new career right now, what would it be in what field? Probably, I love this. I wish that I could, this could be my full-time job. So, uh Probably like a radio host, like a radio show host, kind of like a communications degree kind of thing. Okay. So that would probably be – I went to school for phys ed. Um, As did I. It, it, As did it, I. It's a, it's, it's, it was a lot. Um, so, <laughs> like, that could be a whole well, other like, why, why can't we just like play dodgeball? No, no, no. We got to teach kids stuff. I'm like they don't want to learn. They just want to do stuff. <laughs> you know, yep. so um, – so, yeah, I probably communications radio host, broadcast host. Own, honestly, own my own like recording. The, the big goal, right? That this is just own my own recording studio, like big recording studio someday. So now, would you be more of like a sports, sports radio, any kind of radio? <sighs> I kind of any. Like I love talking sports, but I feel like I don't know a whole lot. So I feel like I'd, I could fit in with everything. But I mean, I love, sports would be fantastic. I would love to do, do for, sports talk beautiful for me kind of a similar thing i i would love to host it uh in fact i think that's kind of why i'm I'm doing the podcast but for me i'd kind of like either uh to get more on the broadcasting side like to do uh whether it's football games soccer games yeah um to be the next al michaels the, the next oh, gold absolutely. standard but i think that's where it, i would love to do i've gotten a chance to do a few games i'd love to do more um uh in fact, if you're ever looking for a broadcaster, let me know. Let me okay, there. absolutely. I would either say that, or if I couldn't do anything like that, uh, I'd always thought I'd make a good, and maybe just because I watched this movie the other weekend, my cousin Vinny, I thought I'd make a, <laughs> I thought I'd make a good, good lawyer. lawyer. I always, uh, my wife says, you got an answer for everything. You got an answer for everything. <laughs> so I, I always think that I'd, I'd make a good, I'd make a good lawyer for sure. Matt, what about you? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but just be a, a winer, make a wines and stuff. Oh, okay. my own vineyard. Oh, a, uh, I know the, the you know, I don't, uh, I was going to say a sommelier or, or something, something like I that. Guess. I don't know. <laughs> now, making your own wines or being like a wine taster? No, making my own wine, like have my own vineyard. So only your own vineyard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like it. I think that what would be your, what would be your, your specialty? Like more of a Cabernet, more of a Merlot, a red wine, white wine? I don't know. I just let my girlfriend figure that one out. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, can you go buy some grapes and we'll, we'll turn it into I'll be the face of the company. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I love it. All right. Um, question, what is this? Question number three? Uh, question number three. Four. Number four? Four, yeah. Four. We're on four. Sorry. Question number four. Uh, favorite football player of all time. Doesn't have to be on your favorite team, but just favorite football player, even if it's not in your era, favorite football player of all time. For me, and in fact, this was, in the world of soccer, you don't see many kids asking for the number 78. Right. But this was my first number uh, in soccer. I played 78 when I played, I think it was a 9 or 10. I asked for that number because Bruce Smith Bruce. was my favorite player. I loved 
In fact, when they would do the Bruce as a kid, I, I kept asking, my, why are they booing, booing him? him? <laughs> why are they booing him? Stop the booing him. And he's like, no, no, no. They're saying Bruce. Right. So Bruce Smith was just my favorite. All a legend. All Absolute time. legend. Uh, Philip Rivers is my favorite of all time. Really? Now, was yes. that Boo. when he more? Was that more You're because Bruce, he, right? No. <laughs> Phil. I, love, I, know I love Phil. I've loved Philip since he was on the Chargers. Uh, I always liked his just it, one because people just don't like him. I, I like people that people don't like. I want to see them succeed. Uh, but Philip had uh, just this clean way of talking trash that I found absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and he was just a very unique player. He, he just okay. very unique player. I was. I can't tell you how excited I was when he signed with the Colts in 2020. Like, I I went on NFL.com that day and got his jersey. Like, that's how excited I was that my favorite football player finally got to play for my favorite team. So, Phillip Rivers is my number one. Cam Chancellor. Ooh. Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor, whose career was cut too short. Yes. Yes. yes he was a beast. You knew if he hit somebody, they might not get back up. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, part of the Legion of the Boom. Legion yes, of Boom, sir. baby. No, that, and I think that was, I mean, nowadays you really don't hear the uh, the defense getting a lot of credit, but that Seattle, that was that was a good two to three, even four-year run where those guys were just scary. Right. Like, you just did not want to play against Seattle just because of their defense. I mean, Russell Wilson was good, too, but, man, you did not want to meet the Legion of Boom. No, they were that. They were legit. They were legit. Absolutely. And the last... Uh, Question number five here: um, What would be your walk-in music? Like, what would be that? That, in fact, you you I had one. You had one. It was very good. You had one. It was uh, just because I like the beat of it. Icky Thump by the White Stripes. Okay. It's a very ra- it's so random, but I I heard the beat one day on the radio like at work, and I was like, I need this to be my entrance theme, <laughs> and it works. And every time it gets out, I, I get like flashbacks of concussions and chair shots to the head. But they're there. It's it's there. Yeah, that that would be that, that's the one I always love. That one and, and, and yeah, very good song. I, again, listen to the, if you listen to the beat, it's very upbeat. People get hyped when you hear it. I I get hyped certainly. Mine would be uh, I kind of want it to be here comes the boom. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think I'm going to go with a classic. I'm going to go with um, Thunderstruck. I just, I, I like the build up. I like the, and then just, you know, you get into the, I, Thunderstruck, ACDC, I think that's my, that that's would a be perfect my hype song. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, by Yellow. Oh, yeah, by Yellow. Oh, I know. I, I was going to say, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Day, bow, bow. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Where'd you come up with that one? <laughs> so in my kickball league that we play, we do we're the only team to do walk up songs because we're idiots. And somebody walked up and was like, This is my walk up song and I was like, It is a it gets everybody hyped for some reason. Wait a minute, you guys actually do walk up music for now is it just somebody brings a speaker and they like on your team and they I love I, it. I bought a speaker specifically for it. Some <laughs> my one friend wanted to walk out to jukebox here, that's all he wanted. And we didn't tell him, but every time he walked up, we played Sexy Boy, which is Shawn Michaels' yes. walk-up song. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd start chanting, he's the sexy boy. So, I love it. That's fantastic. Um, Matt, before we go, anything that you want to plug out there? Anything that you want to get our audience members into? Just our network, everybody. Our network is wonderful. I plugged it. This is the second time I've plugged it. <laughs> I've been on guest, guest on two shows today. I have one more to go. Um, <laughs> I am pooped. busy man here. Busy In man. Never, this is my this is my fourth of six recordings tonight. Um, 
our network, BICBP-radio.com. Uh, of course, this show is a part of it. Our network has prides itself on you know having something for everybody. All right, if you like sports, if you like music, movies, food, uh, scary movies, movie, you know, just it's just it, legit. It's it's there's a little something for everybody. I'm very proud of that. I just took over the network in August, and you know, it's I'm trying to get it expanded, trying to get us to over one million uh, subscribers slash listeners, and we're we're inching close. So we're getting there. We're getting so there. support all the shows. Like I said, you know, this is a fantastic addition to our sports chapter of the network. We have so much to offer. So if you want to give us a shot, uh, go take a listen. Honestly, all your listenership goes so much in helping all of our shows potentially reach sponsorships. And it's just a big confidence boost. It's nice to know that people are listening and, and you know, because this is a very time consuming thing. Uh, well, at least in my world, it is. It's literally <laughs> my life. So, um, so yeah, every little listen it goes a long way for for everybody. So absolutely. absolutely, and Matt, we're we're thankful that you're you allowed us to come on uh, onto the network and bring our. You have the great work. This is such a fun show. When you pitched it to me, I was like, "This is what's up." I'm this telling, you, and I'm going to give a shout out to the next the Kin guys and Rich Morano because he's the only. We were uh, the reason I got into it is we were talking um, just about sports. He wanted he needed an assistant coach. I was giving him one of my old throwers as yeah. his assistant coach. We started talking like two Italians tend to always do, and he brought up he brought up how he had he was doing a podcast with his son. I brought up the fact that I always you know thought had interest in that. Yeah, he in turn got me in contact with you, uh, and the rest is history. history. Like, and I love it. So thank you not only for coming out for our show. Thank you for doing everything that oh, you do. Oh, thanks for having me on. I was I was waiting for my moment. I was really excited when you asked me to be on. So beautiful. Thank you. I, thank I'm you. hoping you'll come back. Oh, I, I'd, I'd be like we've got a there's lot a, more. There's a lot more. To talk I feel about. like we've got a lot more topics out there. Um, as always, Matt Keo, thank you for coming along on my crazy adventure with me. Um, again, please listen. Uh, please listen more. You can also follow us on Facebook and uh, Instagram at Stories from the Sidelines. Thank you, everyone. I'm going to give out just because if I don't, she's going to yell at me. I'm going to give out a shout-out to one of my players, number 13, for our 13th episode, Miss Ava Grady. Um, Good shout-out to her, uh, Kenmore East Bulldogs. Um, Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you guys again next week on Stories from the Sidelines.